a very good evening to you. Welcome along once again to Sweet and Swing here on Max Radio. Howard came with you, as always, for the next hour or so with the best sounds around. What have we got? How about some Duke Ellington? More classic motoring music? Zez Comfrey with some piano rolls and scores. More from Mel Torme to get us going. Ain't no one here but us chickens. Nobody here at all. So quiet yourself and stop that fuss. There ain't nobody here but us. Three chickens trying to sleep and you bust in and hobble, 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 hobble with your chin. There ain't nobody here but us, chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. You're stomping around, you're shaking the ground, you're raising up a powerful dust. We chickens trying to sleep, and you bust in and hobble, 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 hobble. It's a sin. Tomorrow is a busy day. We got things to do. We got eggs to lay. We got worms to dig. We've got ground to scratch. It takes a lot of sitting, getting chicks to hatch. There ain't nobody here but us chickens. There ain't nobody here at all. So quiet yourself. Stop that fuss. There ain't nobody here but us. And kindly point that gun the other way. And hobble, hobble, hobble off and hit the hay.
a swingy version of uh, Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens. Uh, perhaps you might know it better in that sort of more funky version with uh, the likes of uh, Louis or such like. Uh, even Cab Calloway, I think, did it, didn't he? Uh, gave it a really good up version. Ain't nobody here but us chickens. Yeah, you know the one. Um, yeah, that's more swingy there. Paul Adam. I rather like it, actually. It's sort of laid back. Paul Adam and his Mayfair music. Ain't nobody here but his chickens from, uh, I think, about the late 1930s. That one would have been Paul himself, I think, born in around about 1940. So, uh, 14, rather. So he would have been a, a relatively young man at the time, it has to be said. How are we all? I take it you are in good health and good fettle as we hurtle pell-mell towards Christmas. It's difficult to believe, isn't it? It was summer a couple of weeks ago. And then all of a sudden you seem to go from summer and, yeah, oh, summer's gone, and it's Christmas, I don't know, it just seems to jump on you. Maybe it's something to do with getting older. There seemed to be a gulf between summer holidays and Christmas when I was at school. A weird, mere whippersnapper. Nah. Now it just sort of seems to be gone like that. Is that just the way getting older works? Probably is, isn't it?
<laughs> yeah, don't dilly another pub classic, isn't it? My old man to follow the thank given another swingy version. There's a few on this collection of dance bands of the 30s and 40s that was from an, an HMV. HMV. Remember them? Although amazingly, I believe, I'll report back in a week or two, but I believe they're making a comeback to Oxford Street, the HMV store. You know, with Nipper sitting in front of the gramophone horn and such like. Used to be a regular stop. Well, certainly for me, when I was down in the smoke in London to go to HMV on Oxford Street, wonderful. And then sadly, it became a victim of modern times and downloading and such like, and I believe a bit of sort of poor marketing and things. A year or two back, we had an HMV here for a while, didn't we? All gone, though. But, I'm told, opening in time for Christmas was a new store of size, a sizable, you know, HMV on Oxford Street in London. And as I happen to be in Oxford Street this very week, I shall report back to see whether it's there or not, because if it's going to be open for Christmas, it should be open by now, I'd imagine, wouldn't you? Let's see, one way or another. It'd be nice to see it back in any case. But that was from the HMV Easy collection back in the day. And this is probably going back mm, 20 years by the looks of it. Yeah, early 2000s, somewhere around about there. Dance bands of the 30s and 40s. Don't dilly-dally on the way, Leslie Douglas and his orchestra. Leslie, a band leader in his own right, of course, but he also recorded separately as a vocalist with quite a few other well-known bands. Henry Hall, Teddy Joyce, Carol Gibbons, Billy Thorpe and Jay Wilbur. Leslie Douglas featured with all of them in his time, as well as leading his own band. Another busy man, I dare say. Another one, forgotten, I also dare say, to so many people these days mention the name Leslie Douglas they're not instantly going to say oh yes I remember him I would respectfully suggest as we always say fame's a fickle thing Zez Comfrey we haven't had him for a while a great CD of collections of uh, piano rolls and scores realised by Artis Woodhouse and all sorts on this one Dizzy Fingers and By the Waters of Minnetonka Heaven's Garden and Jaywalk and such like but I thought we'd go for this one, that thing called love.
how about that? Very nice indeed. Zez Comfrey, or at least transcribed from his piano roll, realised by artists, Woodhouse using sort of 20th century technology. So Zez Comfrey himself, uh, it's an interesting name, isn't it? Zez. He was actually born Edward Elzear, which equally is a curious name. I don't know if that's American or not. E-L-Z-E-A-R, Elzear. I'll wager 50p you don't know many Elziers. Edward Elzier Comfrey, born in 1895 in Illinois, uh, just outside of uh, Chicago there, and uh, studied at the Chicago Musical College and had a sort of classical education in many ways. But his music uh, had a great breadth, popular songs and parlour pieces and novelty pieces. Uh, He covered a whole load and became something of a, a great master of the piano roll, you know, for pianola pianos. You don't see many now, do you? Very collectible things they are. The old maestro had one, but sadly the innards were a bit broken, and at the time he didn't have the money to replace it all and, and have it restored, so instead he chose to the, the easier option of keeping the piano and having the sort of pianola bit ripped out uh, so he could play the piano, which he did uh, until his um, dying day, pretty much. He had that upright piano and played it and always really enjoyed it. But the actual innards never actually worked. All the levers were still there in the pedals and things, but no longer of any use. But uh, in the day, but they were all the rage, and that's particularly in America, and I think to a large degree in Britain later on in the 20s and 30s, they would be a way of reproducing popular songs at home. And then, of course, when the radio and sound recordings and cylinders and shellac 78s came in, they somewhat died a death and became curious pieces. And no one really pays a great deal of attention to the music of them these days because it was felt you couldn't give it a great deal of subtlety or expression in the same way that a real player could. But Zez Comfrey himself perhaps was the master of the piano roll arrangement and his rolls were made ostensibly to actually get rid of, well, to, to sell sheet music. So you'd do it and that would encourage people to go out and buy the sheet music so they could play it themselves. And also to try and maintain a, the melody of the tune and how it's structured. So he'd play it and you could get an idea then of how it should actually sound. But because he achieved such commercial success in the role industry, he was allowed by his employers to bring his idiom to um, great heights of imagination uh, on the piano, which he did, and incorporated some techniques that are almost unplayable, just relied on Comfrey's brilliant marriage of the instrument's mechanistic properties with his own uh, musicality in many ways. The recordings on this CD, says Comfrey Piano Rolls and Scores, use the 21st century innovation of the Yamaha Disclavier, which is a sort of a digital equivalent, I suppose, of the pianola. And it sounds pretty darn good, doesn't it? The pieces have been hand-played by artists, Woodhouse, we're told, but as with the other works, the only living person present at the performance was the recording engineer. Oh, there you go. Very nice indeed. Great picture of Zez on the front as well. To Sweet and Swing, H with you through until the uh, top of the hour. Give or take. No one's counting that much, I think, are they? I hope not in any case. We're going to see what our friends at ENSA are up to. We've been dropping into them as they've performed concerts all over from the ENSA Complete Concerts Collection. Here they are now. And I think... Uh, hey, good looking. Mm-hmm. 
like booking some fun tonight. Hey, 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 good looking. If you're not already chucking, could you meet me soon in the moonlight? Why don't we do go roaming through the gloaming while the stars are combing the skies above? Hey, 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 good looking. Give in and we'll begin cooking that delish little dish called love. Hey, hey, hey. Because there won't be any room down here. Hey, good no! Oh, I wish I never mentioned that dish. God love! Rapturous applause, as always, for the girls and boys at Ensa when they're out there entertaining the troops, and uh, quite rightly so in so many ways, and that you would be, frankly, I'd have thought, grateful for any downtime and any chance to have a bit of a laugh, a smoke and whatever, and try and relax and forget the probably parlous situation in which you found yourself, hey, good-looking, with a Doreen Villiers taking the vocals on that one. Doreen, uh, G.I. Bride, married an American pilot in 1944, but... Uh, was killed soon afterwards, sadly. Um, great favourite of the 8th Army in North Africa, apparently, to whom she broadcast on date with the desert. This is according to my book of words. I'm not going to disagree with them. I must admit, I must admit uh, she toured the Middle East with Geraldo in 1943, also sang during the war with Ambrose, Stan Atkins and Harry Parry. And then later, uh, after that sad early marriage, I don't know that she remarried, but she did emigrate out to America after the war. Sounded quite a character there, didn't she? Rather like, sounded quite modern as well, I thought, in many ways. I promised you some Duke Ellington at the top of the programme. And, yeah, we've got a bit of a Duke Ellington recordings from 1929 to 1947 and through the big band era. Here he is, jumping for joy. Thank you. 
cotton lyle is out of style honey child jump for joy don't you grieve little leaf all the hounds i do believe have been killed ain't you thrilled jump for joy have you seen pastures groovy Just a technicolor movie When you stomp up to heaven and you meet Old St. Pete, tell that boy, jump for joy Step right in, give Pete some skin and jump for joy
Good ending, good ending. There you go, a bit of double duke, as they say. Our two for, two for the price of one. Duke Ellington, twice over. Once with the man himself and once an interpretation. So first off, we heard the Duke Ellington band uh, somewhere around about the 1930s, I think, from a collection of great music from the Duke's big band era, 29 to 47. Jump for joy, that one was called. And then after that, we heard a very modern recording, uh, certainly in the context of this programme. In any case, I think it was only recorded in the 1990s. Joe Templey from an album he called Double... Duke and Joe Templey, who he? Well, he was sort of seen as the new Harry Carney, as it says on the uh, liner notes in here. The rich, deep sound of Harry Carney's baritone sax, long recognised as one of the vital elements in Duke Ellington's orchestral fabric. More than a foundation, it permeated the whole ensemble beyond the reed section in a way never really rivalled. Its individuality was such that it inevitably prompted the question who could replace Harry Carney? When he died in 1974, the answer was, in two words, Joe Templey. And that's the gentleman we heard playing there on what you might recognise, their take, Creole Love Call. That was a favourite of the old Meisters as well. I rather like it. It's got a certain magic about that track, it must admit. Creole Love Call, Joe Templey uh, playing. He's on bass clarinet by the side of it there and also on the saxes. Wycliffe Gordon, who played for a long time with um, Wynton Marsalis. Uh, Eric Reed on piano, Rodney Whitaker bass, Herlin Riley at the drums. I think they've all played with Marsalis at one stage. Herlin certainly with him for quite some time, uh, as was Wycliffe. And I'm pretty sure Eric Reed was on piano. Rodney Whitaker's the only one I'm not totally clean on, but you know what? I think they all might have been uh, Winter Marsalis sidemen. In other words, no slouches. And that was from the missed Naxos jazz label. I don't think Naxos do anymore now. They still do wonderful classical recordings and audiobooks and such like, but I don't think they carried on. They did a lot for a while back in the 1990s, early 2000s, I think it was. Naxos Jazz featuring usually slightly out-of-the-way musicians and a lot of Antipodean Australian and New Zealand players as well. Fine players they were too. Got quite a few of those, but they tend to be more at the more modern end of the spectrum, so you're more likely to hear Naxos Jazz featured on Jumping In, which, if you're interested, is tomorrow evening, Saturday, 9 o'clock, with Brother Chris, and this week we will have the second part of our London Jazz Festival review, preview, and just general celebration of the Great London Jazz Festival, where I will be as we speak on a Saturday evening down in the smoke, lapping up London Jazz Festival 2023. In the meantime, here on Manx Radio, we're enjoying Sweet and Swing back in the day with the great music of uh, yesteryear from the Big bands, nostalgia, swing era. And they don't cut much bigger than Billy Cotton when it comes to that. A great popular feature on this show. We've done features on him before. Always a popular choice to hear a bit of Billy. And it was a request from John down there at Shen Valley over in Peelway. And he says, could we have a bit of Billy Cotton? We haven't had any Billy Cotton for a while. You know what, John? You're quite right. How do you fancy this one? Mammy song.
Printed it incorrectly, you know. Not Mammy Song, is it? It's Mammy Bong. But even on their own CD, sadly, it's uh, listed both inside and out as Mammy Song. But it's Mammy Bong, which I think, having a quick look around, might have been written by Harry Roy back in the day and featured there by Billy Cotton and his band. With that sort of Caribbean type feel, Mammy Bong, Mammy Bong. Yeah, quite like that one. I don't know. I'm not familiar with it, certainly. Anyway. I enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it too, John. A little bit of Billy Cotton for you. We'll keep Billy Cotton not too far from the bag for the foreseeable. Uh, For now, we're going motoring because we've been dropping in for our On the Right Road classic motoring music. We're going back to the 1920s with this one. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. And I suspect this could be Henry Ford, you know. Who's that coming down the street? Oh, look her over. Ain't she sweet? That's not Lizzie, is it? How she's changed. Yes, she's a lady now. She's outgrown her rattle. Not a rattle in a car load. I suppose she has more tin now than she ever had. Yes, you never see her in alleyways anymore. She now sports the boulevard. Introduce me, will you? Why, certainly. Sir Walter Raleigh? Meet Queen Elizabeth. 
carbureted, I'm sure. Carbureted. <laughs> Have you seen her? Ain't she great? She's something you'll appreciate. Say, I don't understand just who you mean. You don't? Why, everybody everywhere is falling for her now. Say, do you mean the new Ford? I do, and it's a wow. Lay off people, lay off folks. None of your sarcastic jokes. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. And uh, no more bruises, no more aches. She now's got those four-wheel brakes. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. She's even got a rumble seat and lots of style and class. The horn just seems to holler out, Toot-toot, they shall not pass. The Lincoln car is made of tin. They're sisters underneath the skin. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. She's a great old girl, Ernest. You bet she was, Bill. Now, when you see her, you'll agree she's just the thing for you and me. I bet she's got most anything you'd ask. Yes, sitting pretty. Yes, I am. With her, I'm always found. Say, how about her chassis? It's sure the best around. Now she's even learned to stop for every single traffic cop. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. Not a rattle, not a bit. Lizzie now has lots of it. Henry made a lady out of Lizzie. There's everything inside her now except a kitchen sink. A mirror and a powder puff. A shower bath, I think. I'll bet my socks that this Miss Ford will live as long as Fanny Ward. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. C-O-D and F-O-B, all you need is do re me. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. Since he lifted up her face, she travels at an awful pace. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. She's not like Calvin Coolidge, she's a girl who likes her fun. She says, imagine anyone who doesn't choose to run. Good for sister, nice for ma, everybody rides but pa. Henry's made a lady out of Lizzie. There you go, I was right. It was about Henry Ford. Made a lady out of Lizzie. Tin Lizzie, of course, they were saying it's made out of tin. And of course, what are they referring to? They're referring to the Model T Ford. Perhaps the most influential car of all time. It probably is the most influential car of all time, realistically, isn't it? Henry made a lady out of Lizzie. And Billy Jones and Ernest Hare giving us that in 1928. There are still some around, amazingly. They were built to last. Pretty humble um, beginnings in many ways. And I think the, what was the famous line? They're available, available in any colour you like, as long as it's black. And it was the most... Influential car, as I say, priced so the average person could, in theory, afford it. So it wasn't an elite or a, just something for the very rich anymore. And it sold all the way in millions from 1908 through until 1927. And apparently it got its nickname because the Tin Lizzie. Because uh, in the early 20s and uh, certainly in the 1900s, car dealers would try to get great publicity for the new cars coming out by having car races to show how fast they were and how uh, durable they were and, you know, how well they ran, basically. And in 1922, a championship race was held in Pikes Peak, Colorado, and entered as one of the contestants was Noel Bullock and his Model T named Old Liz. Old Liz looked 
as her name might have suggested, a little bit the worse for wear, and was unpainted, and lacked a hood, so I dare say she got quite a lot of scorn as the spectators looked at them on the starting line, compared to much more expensive and flashier models, and they compared old Liz to a tin can. Uh, so by the start of it, uh, she had the nickname of Tin Lizzie. But yes, you're probably way ahead of me. Who won the race? Well, of course, Tin Lizzie. She beat even the most expensive of the other cars available at the time and proved the durability and speed of the Model T. And it was such a surprise. It was in newspapers across the USA leading to the use of Tin Lizzie for all Model T cars after that. Uh, had a couple of other nicknames as well, apparently. Uh, Leaping Lena and uh, Fliver. But they're a bit rubbish, really, aren't they? Tin Lizzie is the one that stuck. Evening breeze is sighing, moon is in the sky. Little man, it's time for bed. Daddy's little hero is tired and wants to cry. Now come along and rest your weary head. Little man, you're crying. I know why you're blue. Someone took your kitty car away. Time to go to sleep now. Little man, you've had a busy day. Johnny won your marbles. Tell you what we'll do. Dad'll get some new ones right away. Time to go to sleep now. Little man, you've had a busy day. The battle has been won, the enemy is out of sight. Come along there, soldiers, put away your gun, the war is over for tonight. Time to stop your scheming, time your day was through, can't you hear the bugle softly say? I knew you should be dreaming, little man, you've had a busy day. Ah, 
brings back memories, that one. It's one my nana used to sing to me, at least bits of it, when I was uh, pretty little, I guess. She'd always come round for Sunday lunch to the old Maestro's house when I was a wee a nipper, right the way through, actually, until I was driving. So it must have been seven, 16, 17, yeah. Um, but from my earliest memories, she'd come round. And when I was very little, uh, she would come round for dinner and I would stay for tea in the evening. And then when it was time for bed... She would often come up and sort of uh, see me up to bed and then sit and tell me stories and uh, occasionally sing little bits of songs, probably songs from her youth. And uh, that would have been one of them. Uh, Henry Hall with a little man, You've Had a Busy Day. Kitty Masters taking the vocals on that one. Uh, Born in Salford and uh, started out at the age of six when she sang the red flag at a union meeting to which her father had taken her. He knew how to entertain his kids, didn't he? Uh, Thereafter... With lots of encouragement from her parents, she appeared regularly alongside such names as George Roby. That's going back a bit. I don't know whether Nana ever saw George Roby or not. And he taught her how to, well, basically stagecraft and how to handle an audience and uh, not be afraid, I suppose. Um, Her mother's ill health and then uh, needing a lot of nursing postponed her singing career for some time after that very early start. But she did get an engagement in Manchester and then went round the Paramount Theatres (laughs) As a, as a sort of female lone ranger. And we do actually mean that when I say that. I don't just mean sort of willy, willy-nilly, as it were. She did actually have a mask on and called herself the Masked Crooner. I can't even say it. The Masked Crooner. Not Crooner. Crooner. The Masked Crooner. Her identity being kept a secret with audiences, being fooled into believing that she was American. Actually, she came from Salford. And then she headed south down to London to seek an audition, bumped into Mantovani, who signed her up on the spot. He liked her so much. And then worked with Henry Leader, Harry Leader, and also Henry Hall, as we heard there. Famously recording, of course, that one. Little Man, You've Had a Busy Day, which brought her a huge amount of fan mail. She also, of course, sang with Enser during the war. And uh, during the 40s, was also, no slouch she, director of Starway, the small passenger airline. So not bad, is it, from uh, singing with your dad at a meeting <laughs> of the Labour Party through to uh, being a director of your own airline. Oh, that's not bad going, is it? Not bad going at all. I'll give you that one. Right, I think we can squeeze one more in. After that little joy, little man, you've had a busy day. And uh, I did enjoy that one, I must admit. Uh, We'll have some of the music of Harry Hayes and his band. Haven't heard from Harry for a while. Uh, This one, it's the colour of most of my uh, rooms in my house, I think. Magnolia. Miss Magnolia, to be exact. Thank you. 
Harry Hayes and his band, the legendary Harry Hayes with Miss Magnolia. I better point out all the rooms in my house aren't actually a Magnolia before I get told off by my wife. It's all sorts of different colours, but it used to be very popular back in the day, didn't it? As indeed was uh, Harry. Fine player he. One of the best, according to Ronnie Scott. The governor, he called him. Don Lusher said he was the Royals Royce of saxophone. Digby for Hare Fairweather, a legendary virtuoso. And Campbell Burner, who I actually knew a bit, said he still looks good. <laughs> Another character, old Campbell Burnap, often seen on these shores back in the day, it has to be said. But he was a wonderful uh, player, Harry Hayes. Keep that one in the bag, I think. I enjoyed that. That more or less wraps it up for another week, I would think. Don't forget, any thoughts, drop me a line. Howard Kane at manxradio.com and make sure that E is on the Kane, C-A-I-N-E. I'd love to hear from you. Any requests like John? As you hear, we play them, Billy Cotton or otherwise. Until next week, look after yourselves, and I'll see you then. Cheerio.